I don't know if they're ready for our energy today, fellas. Everybody all right? Everybody straight? Let's eat. Family on three. One, two, three. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Friartown Fan Voice Podcast. I'm Mike Hopkins, the founder of PCBB1917.com, and I want to thank you for joining me again for another episode. This is episode two of the 2016-17 podcast season for me, and I'm happy to be back with you so soon after the Big East Media Day edition of the podcast was posted a couple weeks ago. This episode will focus largely on recruiting news of late, and also uh, try to give you a little bit of a preview for Providence's exhibition game on Saturday against uh, Carleton University from Canada. First up on the recruiting front, uh, the focus has clearly shifted for Ed Cooley and his staff to the classes of 2018 and 2019. Uh, The Friars have their two big men commits in 2017 in Nate Watson and Dejour Dickens. And so the rise of right now, they're out of scholarships for that class. So they've moved ahead. Uh, Brian Blaney especially has been reaching out to a lot of players the last few weeks, certainly, uh, that I've talked to. Uh, one is uh, Jonathan Williams from Rochester, Albany City Rocks kid, 2018 shooting guard, wing player. Uh, Providence just offered him this past week. Another offer out this week was for uh, 2019 big man Isaiah Stewart, also uh, from from the Rochester area. Um, the Friars have already offered eight players that are in, that's in uh, the 2019 class who are ranked by 24-7 Sports Composite National Ranking, um, eight players in the, in the top 125, including players that are ranked 23rd, 24th, and 37th. Ed Cooley clearly continuing his chasing anacondas theory, um, and that's a good segue to the one person I want to kind of focus on in terms of the recruiting. I'm going to focus on this one player, but it's more also about the philosophical change and continuing uh, reach, you know, trying to reach out to the top players that they can and get the top players that they can to come to Providence. And that was the big news uh, last weekend when uh, Kayvon Moore, who is currently ranked as the ninth player in the class of 2018 by 24-7 Sports, uh, his he, he made a visit to Providence, an unofficial visit last Saturday. Ed Cooley was actually on the radio with John Rook and Scott Cordici and on 103.7, and they had to move up their interview because, and Cooley alluded to the fact that the, the reason for moving the interview up was good, and he couldn't talk about it, of course. But uh, the intimation was that later we found out that more was on campus, and uh, so they had to move their practice schedule around so that they could be hosting him and showing him practice. Uh, so he came up. He's from Georgia. It's a, he lives about a little more than a thousand miles away. So that's sort of a big deal to have somebody who is coming from that far explicitly to see your campus. He wasn't just in Rhode Island doing something else, playing a tournament. He took the time and made the trip uh, specifically to visit with Providence. Uh, just a little bit about more. He's six foot eight. He's a wing player. Really good ball skills, uh, somebody who kind of plays with the ball in his hands very well, uh, ability to make plays for his teammates. The, the knocks on him are the, kind of the standard knocks of really talented players who are 16, 17, 18 years old. He needs to add strength, and he needs to become a more consistent jump shooter, uh, especially from three-point range. He has offers right now from Auburn, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Louisville, LSU, Maryland, Memphis, NC State, Oklahoma, 
Providence, St. John's, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, UConn, and Wake Forest, and there's probably a bunch of other smaller schools. Um, he did live in Syracuse for a few years early on before he moved to Macon, Georgia, and he does, he still has family ties to Syracuse and the New York City area. But again, getting him to travel the 1,000 miles to take in a PC practice and see the campus is big time for Cooley. Um, that's sort of the, the, the way that you build a program. And I know I talked about the last couple of years how Providence is much more of a of late, certainly, in the end of the Welsh reign and, and Kino time, was way more of just a team. They were always just a team year to year, and you never really knew what was going to happen. They were always backfilling the roster with probably non-Big East talent. Ed Cooley is now on his way towards building this Providence team into a program. He's basically at the point now where he's almost reloading, coming off losing Chris Dunn and Ben Bentel to the NBA draft. He's sort of reloaded. It's not exactly the same. Um, the kids in the, in the 2016 class are good players, but it's not exactly reloading in the sense that like a Villanova would do. And that's sort of the program that I've looked towards when I've been writing about this, is that's the program in the Big East you want to emulate. Obviously, coming off a national championship, that's easy to say, but for someone who, you know, the, Jay Wright, he just kind of figured it out that you got to find the right players that fit your school, that fit your style, fit your system, and are going to succeed. And, and he got off path a little bit trying to chase really talented players that maybe didn't fit all that. And then he found his way. They He and his staff identify players in a certain methodology, and it works. And obviously you see the results last year. So Ed Cooley is on his way towards building a program, and I think it's uh, it's a huge deal. And I don't, I don't think enough can be made for the fact that this visit happened. The kid may end up going to Auburn. He may end up going to UConn. He may end up going to Oklahoma. But... To get him here, it's just another step. It's another, as Hooley says, a brick in building the program. Uh, they also have another top 20 offer in 2018 out to an Emmanuel Quickly, who's a guard from Maryland, really good player. Um, but th- that's the kind of philosophy now that we're talking about. you got to chase anacondas, as Ed Cooley says. The talent up and down the roster right now, even as, aside from recruiting, is is much more deep and, as Kevin McNamara recently said, this might be the first time in a while that the roster doesn't have one or two guys at the end where you just look at them and you know they're not Big East players. This roster is pretty much Big East players, and that's a credit to the recruiting that Ed Cooley and his staff have done. Some of it a little bit under the radar with a guy like a Khalif Young who was in Canada. Everybody looks at his rating, you think it's in the 250s, and says, well, what is this all about? Um, but really, you know, they, they seem to have identified players in a certain way that fit their style kids that they think are going to succeed in the Big East at Providence and as students, and it's been working. Three straight NCAA tournaments. If they make the NCAA tournament this year, which I think is a little bit unlikely, that would be four four years in a row, which has never happened in the history of Providence College. Never happened. So Ed Cooley is in a really good place. Recruiting is obviously a big part of that. So chasing these anacondas like Moore and like Quickly, and then kids in the in the 2019 class already, like uh, Armando Baco, and uh, even Isaiah Stewart is a highly ranked kid, the one they just offered. So I mean, it's it's recruiting is in a good place right now, and the Friars are going to really push hard. They have even some local connections with like a Cole Swider, who's like a top 70, I think, in the 60s ranked in the t- class of 2018. AJ Reeves, top 50 kid from Massachusetts. So there are a lot of uh, a lot of positives right now. 
on the recruiting front. Let's jump now to a little bit of a preview of the Carlton Ravens. Uh, Providence will be playing the Ravens on Saturday, October 29th at 7 p.m. at the Dunkin' Donuts Center as their only open exhibition game. They will also scrimmage Northeastern in a closed scrimmage uh, the, the following week. I don't know the exact date. It is a secret after all, so I guess I'm not supposed to know. Uh, doing research for Carlton to prepare for this podcast was pretty difficult. <laughs> they, uh, they don't have a lot of stats online. Uh, part of the reason is there's not a lot of media coverage uh, in Canada. They don't really care about Canadian college basketball in Canada. Uh, it might be hard to believe that a program that has won 12 of the last 14 national championships, including the last six in a row, would have little to nothing written about them, but that's pretty much what's going on in Canada right now. Um, so gathering intel in the form of stats was not the easiest thing to do. Couldn't just go on sportsreference.com and pull up you know, what these kids have been doing. Uh, <clears throat> one interesting thing I had forgotten about Carleton, uh, is that, f- or I never really even connected the dots, is that former PC recruiting target Eddie Echior is on the roster there. Uh, he was on Providence's radar in the summer of 2014 when he came to the U.S. to attend the NEPSAC school New Hampton in New Hampshire. Uh, he did run. He spent a good year there. His recruitment took off a little bit. I actually watched him play against Brewster. Good player, uh, rangy 6'8", uh, 6'9", hard-nosed kid. Ran into a little bit of uh, trouble off the court in August of 2015 in his hometown. Uh, <clears throat> he was charged with a hit and run of a bicyclist uh, who happened to be an off-duty police officer. Uh, and then he did, opted not to return to New Hampton, kind of floated around for a couple months, and then he enrolled at Xavier uh, for the second semester last season to redshirt. Uh, spent that semester there redshirting, and then this summer all of a sudden just didn't go back and enrolled at Carleton, which is um, a big coup for Carleton in the sense that uh, they've never actually had I mean, they have, they've always had good players, but he might be one of the more talented players to enter their program, um, even as a, a 18, 19-year-old. Uh, he's a player that probably would be getting minutes on a Big East team this season, uh, but he hasn't even played that much for Carlton, and part of that could be because he's fairly new, and their coach seems to value the veterans uh, that he has on his team. But it also could be an indication of the skill of the team, because he's the largest man on their roster, and he's playing You know, in the box scores I looked at, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, so here, I'll give you a little bit of a, some perspective on Carleton. Uh, a bunch of teams from the NCAA Division One played Canadian tours this past summer. Here are the NCAA D1 teams that played Carleton and the result. Uh, Stetson, Carleton won 85-76. Wichita State, and this is the one everyone kind of has talked to, uh, talked about. Wichita State, uh, Carleton won 100-75. I watched both of that game. And uh, Wichita State was out of sync a little bit in the beginning. They didn't really know the, some of the Canadian rules with the 24-second shot clock and the FIBA rules and uh, some of that stuff. But the, Carlton just kind of executed them to death uh, overall. Arkansas Pine Bluff, Carlton won 117-74. to Morgan State, Carlton won 113-62. Uh, Carlton also hosted Division II St. Thomas Aquinas College for two games on back-to-back days in late August, and they won both of those games, the first one 86-63 and then 84-69. The Ravens are 12-0 this season. Um, they also, I believe, have played some close scrimmages uh, against uh, Division I teams lately. 
Here are some players that uh, PC fans should keep an eye on Saturday night at the dunk. Uh, the first one is uh, six foot four sharpshooter Connor Wood. He recently scored 28 points on 8-for-8. Eight eight. Yes, 8-for-8 eight eight from beyond the arc in their most recent non-closed scrimmage game. Uh, shooting motion looks a little weird. Uh, he's got a bit of a hitch. His elbow kind of sticks out. But he's been hot lately, and uh, he's a fifth-year player for them and, and has proven it that he can actually be sustainable even with that weird, funky shooting motion. Uh, another one to keep an eye on is six foot seven forward Ryan Ejim. Ejim is uh, long armed, six foot seven, middle. You know, he's a little bit undersized. Probably plays like a four, but he's athletic enough. That he plays a little bit of three on offense. Reminds me a little bit of a slightly smaller Kadeem Bats. And then the final player that to keep an eye on, and this this is a person you probably won't be able to miss because of his hair. Um, he's about six one, playmaking guard, Keza Kajimi is his name. Oh, sorry, Keza Kajimi Kane. Uh, fearless driving into the lane. Um, really goes at the basket hard. They run him in a lot of pick-and-roll situations. Um, they're very well coached, the, the Ravens are, and fundamentally sound. Their coach has been there for a long time. Uh, they run tight offensive sets, some high ball screen roll action. Uh, I mentioned Carlton had some close scrimmages recently. They played a close scrimmage against BU on October 22nd. They played a close scrimmage against Northeastern on October 23rd, and they'll play a close scrimmage against UMass on October 28th, the afternoon before they take on Providence uh, out in the open at the dunk on the 29th. Um, so just a couple more words on Carlton. It seems like this opponent is going to actually give Providence a, a pretty good test. It's not going to be like when they play against Stonehill and kind of roll over them by the time you know the, the, they might stick around for a while. I think that you're going to you're going to see that Carlton's going to stick around for a while and then not really fall off. I think they're going to just kind of keep going. They do sub pretty liberally. Um, they they play a pretty good rotation. Uh, they have probably about eight kids that play regular minutes, maybe nine, from what I saw over the summer when I watched that Wichita State game. Um, the Friars haven't played anyone but themselves yet this year, um, so that's something to keep in mind when you. When you look at how they play, it's this is going to be there for, and it's interesting because I watched the Wichita State game, and you kind of get the impression that Wichita State players were just kind of like itching to get out there and play against somebody, and then they realized that it wasn't just you know the Sisters of the Poor, and they kind of got had, had to get off their heels a little bit. Um, Providence also probably will not do any scouting or prep specifically for Carlton. They're probably just going to be working on their stuff. So just a couple things to keep in mind going into this game. If they lose. Guess what? It means literally nothing, uh, except for the message boards will go nuts, I'm sure. Um, just give you a little prediction for what I think will be the starting lineup Saturday night. Just my my guess based on talking to people, reading about stuff. Um, I think you'll see Kyron Cartwright, Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Lindsay, Rodney Bullock, and Emmett Holt. I think Cartwright and Holt and Bullock are the, the, the locks, if you wanted to put money on those three being the starting lineup. I think that's probably a lock. Um, but one thing to keep in mind, uh, two years ago as a freshman, Kyron Cartwright started uh, alongside Chris Dunn, and that was not something people were really expecting. So you never really know. And also it's an exhibition game, as I said. So uh, let's see, moving ahead, um, we're going to hopefully be doing a podcast uh, next week to recap this game. 
Uh, and then I'll hopefully do at least another separate podcast before the first game on November 14th to preview the season overall and also the game against Vermont. Um, hoping to have some guests uh, help me out with the at least one guest, hopefully, with the uh, with the Carlton game since I will not be able to attend as I'm in Florida for a wedding and then New Jersey for a wedding because all I do is go to weddings. Um, but uh, should have some good intel next week on how Providence played since the game is not on TV, not even actually on the radio in Rhode Island, not on WEI, but will be broadcast on Friars.com. That will be John Rook and Joe Hassett on the call. Uh, Friars.com, and I believe it's under... Uh, their all-access package, which you have to pay for. Um, so th- just uh, keep an eye out for that next week. And then uh, subscribe to the podcast. It's the Friartown Fan Voice Podcast. You can search that. You can just search pcbb1917.com. It'll come up in iTunes as well as any other service you use to download podcasts. Uh, appreciate everybody for listening. And hopefully these, again, will be a more regular uh, occurrence this season. I'm hoping to be able to bang out a few of these um, a month at least, I'm hoping. Um, so again, encourage you to subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at PCBB1917. Like the Facebook page, continue to read the site. You can even sign up and subscribe there and get emails whenever a post is live. Season's just around the corner, and I'm looking forward to getting to the dunk pretty soon. As always, stay classy, Firetown.